Welcome to Nerd Sports. Today we're going to talk about gymnastics. Yeah. And uh, what it was, and, and, and this is actually gymnastics news. I'm not uh, messing around. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Simone Biles makes U.S. another championship. She's won like seven U.S. championships. Yeah. You know, I mean, because whenever you start start that sport, I mean, a lot of them. They start when they're like 10, 12 years old. Younger than that, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've got to. I mean, they, they've got to train basically their whole lives. Yeah, and and what's really strange is is uh, I had a – when I was in uh, – uh, not prior military, but kind of in, in the works there, uh, I had a – I was talking to a guy that was uh, training me up for when I went to basic and everything, which I didn't need the freaking training anyways because it was – stupid easy uh but i hadn't done any running or anything for a while so i wanted to train up he's he's like you're you're pretty uh stout for a young young person and everything like that i was like what do you what you do beforehand well i was like i did a lot of gymnastics when i was a kid right and he's like oh yeah i'm gonna have to change your whole uh workout routine then <laughs> because there, there, it's a big difference between an actual uh, like a bodybuilder workout routine compared to an actual gymnast workout routine. Right. Because all their workout routine is uh, endurance muscle. Yeah. I mean, gymnasts, gymnasts were doing core stuff before core became cool. Yeah. You know, so, and and just to be able to see, like, especially, like, the guys when they're doing the, the, the rings, mm-hmm. and they're doing, like, the iron cross and, and oh, like, yeah. the horse, and I'm just like, holy crap. I mean, those dudes are stout. I mean, and the chicks, good God, you know. <laughs> yeah, they could crush a, they could crush a watermelon in their thighs. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a way to safely say this, but uh, you know, because we're still within our five minute window before YouTube tosses the the video off. But uh, yeah, you know, when when a lot of those gymnasts become of age, they they become incredibly dangerous individuals. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, it's almost like uh, ballerinas. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't want to see the ballerinas' feet. No, no. If you're no. into feet, ballerinas, you need to stay away from. But uh, yeah, big stuff over the weekend. Uh, my Red Sox went into New York. Everybody's talking talking about the rivalry, and this is the the rivalry of all rivalries. I mean, I don't care what you say. It's not the Dallas Cowboys versus Pittsburgh Steelers. As long as they like didn't that. do what they did when they came to Texas. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, but hey, that's baseball. That's why he played 162 games. But my Red Sox went into the house that Jeter built and uh, took advantage of the New York Yankees and swept them in their house. How bad was it? Uh, you know, let me let me pull those up here. Uh, scores. Let me go back here. Oh, well, that was another thing. Uh, yeah, well, Friday. What? Friday they beat them five to two. Um, it was six to five. Yeah, last night was six to five. Six, yeah, it was six to five. It was a extra innings affair last night. But how many how many games did they go through? Uh, they played three. Um, this in weekend? Yeah, it was a weekend series. Yeah. Uh, they went oh wow! Five to two. Then they went seven to three, and then last night was six to five. But uh, you know, it, it it was the first time that they had gone into New York City and actually had swept the you know the the Yankees in the Bronx for the first time in like ten years. I mean, and they'd go in and. 
they'd either split a series if it was a four game set, or they would take the series. Or you know, they. I mean, the last couple of years have been kind of horrendous. I mean, just, the Yankees just kind of had their way with the Red Sox lineup. But and 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 obviously, as a Red Sox fan, that was very painful to watch. Uh, you know, I'm kind of the mindset that I don't care if you guys lose every other game in this, you know, the year. Just just beat the damn Yankees. Yeah. Know? But uh, you know, it. Uh, we had some guys that that finally showed up to play. You know, as far as like at the plate, uh, Kiki Hernandez. He he got moved from the leadoff spot down to I think like the eight or nine hitter. Um, I think that that's going to be a pretty productive spot for him for a while until he figures out what's going on with his swing. Uh, last night he went 0 for four, but uh, the night before on Saturday night he actually managed to snap an 0 for 24 um, with a pretty key hit that drove in a couple of runs, uh, but. You know, it, it it really brought to light with as much offense prowess and, and promise, really, that the, the, the Yankees lineup has. Uh, and their bullpen's really kind of been a mainstay. It's been the reason why they've won a lot of the games that they've got or that they do have. Uh, just, just their starting rotation, it, it's not all it's been hyped up to be. Uh, Gold Carrot, uh, Gold Carrot, Cole Garrett, there we go. Uh, Use your words. Yes, use my words. Hey, I mean, from from the top to the bottom, I mean, their rotation, it, I mean, it, it can be stout, but, you know, for the most part, their rotation has just been incredibly off here lately. Uh, I don't know if it's just going to be one of those ebbs and flows that, you know, that we see traditionally in baseball, but, you know, with, with the standings being what they are going into today, uh, the the Yankees are are 31 and 29, which is a 5.17 winning average. Boston's at 36 and 23. That's a 6.10 average. There's still a game back at Tampa Bay, who just had a gangbusters month of May. I mean, they went like 22 and six or some shit like that during the month of May, and it was crazy. Um, they actually, and, and you know, as well as the the, the Rays are doing. Uh, percentage-wise, with a 38-23 mark right now, uh, you know they 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 have like the second best run differential in Major League Baseball. That honor goes to the Chicago White Sox of all teams um, with their out of touch. You know, if he's actually watching, is the uh, customer service resident like Rifle Coffee? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you're watching this, you know, please, hey, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm giving your White Sox some props. But let me tell you, Tony Larusa as their manager is not only out of touch, but he's just a little tiny bit senile. I mean, the dude has absolutely no business being in a dugout anymore. I mean, it, it was there was a reason why he retired. <coughs> I mean, yeah, granted, yeah, he's he's in sole possession of of all time wins on the managerial list in the major league history. But that that all aside, I mean, it it, it just the guy is completely and totally just just out of touch. I mean. Especially whenever we're talking about things like unwritten rules where, uh, you know, you don't swing on a 3-0 count. It's like, who fucking cares? I mean, really. Nobody cares. If you swing on a 3-0 count, you know, good on you. If you make contact and you put the ball in play, fine. I mean, the object of the game is to put, you know, to put runners across. Yeah. You know, put the ball in play. And, you know. I thought the whole thing was to score points, but, you know. Okay, first off, bad on you for saying the word points. There are no points in baseball. It's all runs. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Check yourself before you wreck yourself next time. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> uh, so, but 
you see a lot of times you get the you know the hitter gets up 3-0 you know and they they'll, they'll have the green light to swing but not a lot of times you'll see them not swing because it, the the hitter or the pitcher will either throw something out of the zone walk him or throw something out of you know close to the corner or something like Jesus. that and you know a lot of times you won't see the hitters swing you know and it, and it gets that that pitcher that that opportunity to get me you know get one of those get me over fastballs you know where you know it's a fastball count. You know it's coming. And a lot of hitters, a lot of hitters will just sit there and just sit on it. But you've had a couple of hitters in the past. Uh, Tatis, uh, I can't remember the name of that stud that's playing for Chicago right now. Uh, Mercedes, I think his name is. Um, they just they sat, they sat back on that fastball count, that three zero count, knowing that there was going to be a right down the middle pump, you know, pump it in, you know, down the middle, get me over fastball. Just one of those. Let the let the pitcher get back into the count kind of a thing, and they just swung and they connected. I mean, they barreled up on that ball and sent that thing over the fence. And you know, you, you get, you know, you get a lot of pitchers now. I mean, uh, more predominantly people like uh, uh, Trevor Bauer. He's like, you know what? If you if you are if you're up three zero and you swing on a three zero count, great. If you hit it if you hit it out on me. Hey, I'll tip you. You know, he said I'll tip my my hat to you. You know, Trevor Bowers, he he gets it. I mean, it's a game, and all these. I mean, some of these unwritten rules. I just as long as the hitter doesn't sit there and do like a Joey Batista style bat flip, where he just throws the bat at the dugout and then stares at the pitcher for a minute, admiring his home run before he decides to walk to first base. Hey, you know what? Hit the ball and run it out. You know, but don't be a dickhead about it. But the pitcher can't buy, you know, I mean, the, people can't get mad if you swing at something like that, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, again, it's, it's about getting on base. It's about putting runners over, you know, about getting runners advanced and ultimately scoring uh, because it, it's not a stat padding thing. It, it's, it's, it's an end goal thing. So you're on that field to win those games and ultimately make the playoffs at the end of the 162-game grind. But I don't fault anybody for swinging on 3-0. I mean, I really don't. And, I mean, and, and these blowouts, I mean, if, if you're getting blown out and you're still swinging for the fence, hey, you know what? So what? If the other team has such a problem with it, maybe you might want to put together a better pitching staff. You know, or maybe the manager needs to, you know, effectively manage his bullpen a little bit better by not leaving a guy in there for more than just the minimum batter, you know, minimum three batter rule. I mean, if your guy's out there getting shelled, don't freaking leave him out there. You know, if he's having a shit day, you're not going to make it any better by forcing him into a position to try to figure out how to get, you know, to get out of it. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's more detrimental to a pitcher to, you know, have have hitters roll over for him than it is for him to actually either A, get pulled, or B, get shelled. So, because you hear this adage a lot in baseball where, you know, you have to have a short memory, and, and that's any professional sport. You know, you, you always talk about, you always hear about the, prof you know, the, the announcers talk about the athletes needing a short memory because you're only as good as your next outing. So, I mean, if, if you sit there and think about, Think about that 450-foot bomb that you just gave up, and you let that affect your, you know, you know, let that affect your pitch, your pitch sequence, or you know, let that affect your velocity or accuracy for the rest of the game. You're done. So I mean, you know, like I tell my kid all the time, 
you know, whenever he was playing Little League this past spring. Man, you know what? That was one play. You know, if he strikes out what, or if he what grounds do they call, out. What do they call it that uh, it was – this is just memory of uh, of something that actually uh, – it's like the <clears> – it's where they're really good and then and then they they just have like a hiccup. I'll forget what it is. God. Uh, some kind of shakes or something like that. I know it's a baseball term. That was the only baseball term, really, I know, and I just totally blanked out and ruined the whole skit. No. Yeah. Anyways. But there is another thing that uh, came up, uh, and this is just basically clickbait. Alex Rodriguez and Jason Veritex, still enemies after 17 years after the infamous Yankees Red Strop brawl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on my Facebook page. While the you know during the Red Sox Yankee games, I uh, my profile picture I changed to that to that picture. I noticed it. Yeah, where uh, Jason Veritek has got his catcher's mitt shoved in A Rod's face. You know? Oh, it is so freaking hilarious! I'm looking at this picture. I'm like, holy crap! I mean, how do you not look at Alex Rodriguez and not want to hit that guy right in the face? Well, he's you know, a, I mean, he's like, got a punchable face. Last night he was talking about how. Uh, you know, I guess they were on, uh, you know, he, he admires or, you know, commends Jason Veritek. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, that's great, but it really kind of looks like a bitch move. You know, why even bring Jason Veritek up? I mean, on a personal level, if you want to talk about him from from the announcer's standpoint, then do that. But Well, like I said before he started, it's just clickbait. Yeah, but, you know, g- given the fact that he kicked your ass. Mm-hmm. And he's the only guy in Major League, you know, in the majors that that got in A Rod's face and just, you know, let him have it. Uh, I mean, yeah, A Rod's been plunked a few times, but you know, past that, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's just really funny uh, of the whole rivalry and stuff like that. I mean, and this is going off of uh, people not being able to report the uh, news as best as they possibly can. They don't have anything else. And they want to be the first person that reports this news. So uh, this is old news, and it doesn't really matter. It, but it's just something that popped up when I was looking up stuff to yeah, talk the, about the, on the show. The Twittersphere kind of exploded a little bit during the game last night. Uh, you know, because I was, I was keeping up on uh, with it on Twitter and some of the Facebook pages that I belong to for the Red Sox Nation. But... Uh, you know, they were talking about him. They're like, you know, Alex Rodriguez. They they kept showing Jason Veritek on on the screen because I mean he's he's basically their bullpen coach now. So, and he works with the pitchers and he works with the catchers. Teaches them how to call the games, how to you know how to dictate the flow. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I, I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, giving Jason Jason Veritek some props. Uh, you know, I got some pictures of Jason Veritek when he was in the bullpen down here in Texas. Uh, tried to get his attention. Of course, he was at work, and you know, yeah, you don't bother a guy when he's at the office, kind of a thing, right? So, yeah, um, they don't they don't have any anything like a lot of other th- uh, sporting events to where they can come around and say hi to the fans. Well, generally speaking, I mean, well, yeah, nowadays you can't really do that. Because well, yeah, I mean, because everybody's still freaking out about the COVID thing, even here in Texas, where we're talking about full capacity crowds, but they still got these annoying ass plexiglass barriers up. 
Well, I was watching a cooking cooking show, and what they were doing, they were still doing the, hey, how's it going? We'll just do elbows. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And yeah, they walk see, away from each other, and I'm like. To me, that's just dumb. You know, I mean, we've gotten along. We, we got along great, you know, before the, you know before everybody started freaking out. I mean, now yeah. that Dr. Fauci's uh, emails are, you know, getting leaked, and, and, and everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, that's. And everybody knows because he caught him, you know, he got caught saying that, you know, it was all for political theater. Uh, I mean, I, I trust I, I I trust Fauci probably about as far oh, as I, I can I, pick up the studio and throw it. What it's like uh, what we were talking about last week about how most uh, countries are pro-Trump. Yeah, you know, and and a lot of it it's not the fact that we think that you know that that this guy was like he's like the savior, you know, he's the greatest thing since Ronald Reagan. Because I mean, Donald Trump, let's face it, is no Ronald Reagan, but. He loved our military. He loved our country, and he knew how to run an economy. And well, he, he was he a businessman, so he, yeah, he yeah, was on the right track. And we, the fact that he was an outsider, you know. But yeah. all that aside, politics away. Um, yeah, because we don't want to run this uh, as far as we usually do right, when we get yeah. into politics. But let me call. I, I've got a buddy from the army uh, that I call. That he, he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me. Well, what's it? What's it? What's his name? So we Zach can, Medford. So let's Zach see. Zach Medford. Okay. So let's so let's see if he's on here. I don't know. Can can you hear this just fine? Yeah. Okay. Great. Hopefully, it transitions. We'll we'll yeah. see and everything. Well, yeah, we'll see. That's what happens when you have bare bones. Come on, Zach. Answer the phone. I told him I was going to call today. I think I'm going to go ahead. And I was like, that doesn't sound like Zach Amfron. You lied to me. No, <laughs> no, no. No, this dude's much better looking than Zach Amfron. You bastard! You played yourself. You know what? All right, here we go. Bruh. <laughs> Answer your damn phone. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, that was another thing in news, too, that happened this weekend, is the uh, uh, Paul Lo- Was it Paul Logan? And uh, Mayfield fight? Are we talking about the hugging match between him and Mayweather? It, you know, both of those guys. I mean, there was no no referee. It was there was no it was winner. A spect- it was a spectacle thing. Uh, it, it was a sparring match. That's yeah. all that it was. And and you but know, but it's still in the news, bro. You know what? I didn't I, I didn't feel like spending money on that fight. Oh, I, I, because I, I knew that it was a joke. Yeah. Uh, I knew that it was nothing more than just a glorified payday. Because anytime, yeah, it was a big cash grab. That's all it was. And yeah. you know what? I followed the highlights on Twitter and Facebook. And you know what? I got as just as much out of that as I would have had I spent the money. I, I honestly it. thought I was going to go. I was like, oh yeah, the Mayfield fights today. I'm going to go play video games. I'm, I'm just going to get the highlights from YouTube. I, I don't. I don't really. I can't really do the pay. Uh, the pay. If the pay per view stuff I can't do. It doesn't. It doesn't. To me, it's not worth money. it. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, not. You know, I mean, unless... I mean, it's entertainment. And if I was really into that stuff, yes, I was like back on the day when uh, when WrestleMania was at its uh, yeah, highlight peak, stuff. Yeah, I, I every month I gave him like fifty bucks. Yeah, you know, I mean, fifty it, to forty bucks. But but and and I don't want to say that this fight was a conviction or or um, indicative of where the what the state of boxing professional boxing is today but 
it really didn't do a whole lot for the public image of what boxing has become. I don't know. There's I mean, a well, they filled have, up the stadium, didn't they? Because people wanted to see this, you know, and and you know, I'll tell you what, the the people that as a bit okay, if you look at it a business, it's standpoint, bad enough that people paid for the you know paid the pay per view for this crap. Yeah, but the people that paid money to physically go watch this fight in person. I, th- you know, I'm willing to bet that maybe 50 to 60 percent of the people that attended there did it strictly for the clout. You know, it's like, hey, look, look where I'm at. And, you know, I mean, you could almost imagine their yeah, social media I could accounts see that. blowing up at that point. I could see that, but honestly, if if we were like a legitimate sports show, what mm-hmm. I hope to do? Wait, we're not legitimate. Well, we're actually we're more legitimate than most other sports shows. So yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but. Uh, I want to do sporting, but I, what happened with that warrior stuff? Uh, you know, I contacted I contacted the box office, and uh, they the, the woman that I spoke with gave me the number for the PR guy and for the head coach. I called the PR guy a couple of times, left a voicemail both times, didn't get an answer, didn't get a call back. So uh, I think later today what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to reach out to both him and the coach uh, just to see if there's anything that we can, you know, arrange. Um, you know, whether it's uh, – you know, I mean, we do it for the team, and we link the team's YouTube account or whatever it is, whatever we got to do, whatever yeah. stipulations that we have to adhere to. Maybe we can get into the locker room where we can interview the players, you know, during the intermissions, kind of a thing, or you know, like pregame, postgame, uh, whatever, uh, preferably pregame. But uh, you know, we we can do, you know, something. I mean, even I mean, it, it, we may not necessarily be showing extensive footage from the ice during the game. But, you know, just show, like, little clips, and, and we can just kind of walk around and maybe talk to some of the, you know, some of the, some of the people in the stands and, and do it kind of like a, I We could know. do a montage. We could do a, yeah, we could do a montage, and, you know, if anything else, we can just do it sort of in the format of yeah, maybe like a PR a piece people, for the team itself. A lot of people don't, the reason why we don't had that much stuff in the, and that kind of aspects and everything is because doesn't people don't want to even even our freaking news group doesn't really want to be part of it. Yeah, you know, and and on top of all that, it, it just the way that the organizations are not necessarily run by the organizations themselves, but the venue, the K Yeager Coliseum that we have here. Um, I mean, initially it was bought by the city or owned by the city. I think some third party came in and owned it. You know, owns it now, but. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it, it just like, like the concessions. The concessions are outrageous there. Um, you know, I mean, we're well, talking. That's, that's everywhere, though. Yeah, I get all that, but I mean, this isn't professional level stuff. I mean, this is, for the most part, it's semi-pro. You know, it, it's 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 very junior league, minor league type stuff, and you would expect to pay minor league prices. I mean, I can understand paying six fifty, seven fifty, or even eight fifty for a beer. If, like, say, a major music act were to come into the Coliseum, which, by the way, to my knowledge, still the acoustics in that place absolutely suck. Yeah, Rob, uh, Rob Zombie was saying that. You know, and, and, but, I mean, we're talking about you want to invite families in, but then you want to sit there and charge them four or five dollars for a shitty hamburger. Yeah. No, nah, come on, man. That's not a good look. And, you know, what I think something that would. Well, it's, it's, okay. But something I think that would benefit, that this town would benefit from, 
is, you know, and I'm not just saying that because of my love for the game of baseball, but get a minor league team in here. Like, it doesn't have to be double A or triple well, A. Well, we used to have. We could get a very low single A team. Yeah, it used to be like the, 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 I want to. I say that I want to say they were like the the, the Mavericks or something like that. Or the, well, I know we have like a minor league football team. Cause, uh, no, you know, it, it was an arena. It was an arena team. Yeah, and something I think to that they, extent. They folded. Yeah, for whatever reason they folded. Because uh, there was a captain in uh, at my corrections that uh, Cookie, he uh, he every every year he would do that. Yeah, we they were the Nighthawks, and we yeah. went to. I took my boys to so many games, and it was it was a fun environment. It was very family family friendly. Yeah, he had pretty good action on the field. Uh, when balls would go into the stand, I mean, they instantly became souvenirs, you know, and that was cool. You know? Yeah, but uh, and and the team was very uh, interactive with the public. Uh, they would host birthday parties. You know, I, I took my son to a birthday party that he was invited to. Um, a, a, a dad, I guess, a, parent, a set of parents, they knew the owner of the team and they arranged it. They basically rented out the entire Coliseum for like the afternoon kind of a thing. Um, got, you know, got in there, sitting up at the stands for a few minutes and then. Uh, I don't know why they don't. Well, we went down. Yeah, we went down onto the field. And the team came out like the the team got paid like each player got paid like twenty five bucks for that afternoon to kind of come out and just kind of hang out with the kids and stuff. They were signing autographs and and they, and they even set up like a kind of an impromptu you know pick up two hand touch game. Oh yeah, yeah, you know where the kids were throwing to the athletes and so you know the quarterback would play quarterback going both ways kind of a thing. And yeah, it was really cool. It was fun. Uh, you know, I mean, with arena league, you know, it's a fifty yard field, so I mean, you just you got kids running all over the place on a turf field, and parents were just loving it because one, yeah, your kid can run like a wild heathen all over the place, and they weren't going to go too far because you had the walls surrounding the field itself, and you know they would just run themselves into the ground. And I'm telling you what. My boys slept great that night. Oh yeah, I bet. You know, and I was like, I was like, how do you, how are we gonna get kids to sleep tonight? Oh, we're going to the jungle gym. Yeah, right. You know, but uh, or uh, that that's another thing that uh, a lot of people in this town don't really. I, I don't know what it is, but the conversation with uh, I, I mean, I I go out. I've been going out on my way right now to uh not promote our podcast but just talk to people yeah and doing that i just everybody i don't know why but everybody in this town our heads are down looking at the floor they don't want to conversate with anybody yeah they don't want to have interaction or anything like that and i i i went to firo's to get yeah. a pizza and i was talking to these people and i was like hey hey how's it going you doing good and it was like one guy was eating i understood that when the lady we had like uh like a five second conversation was like oh, i got new glasses and everything i was like hey that's great do you have to do that every year and you know just having regular conversation with people yeah and it's just i just this is the reason why i started this is so i can conversate with more people because it's just boring yeah i think that one of the unintended side effects of you know the whole quarantine thing where we had to you know foolishly shut everything down was that by and large the public became introverted 
and you know, well, we, I think that's also it was before that too. Yeah, I mean, it was this, trending that way, but the quarantine really didn't help. And then when everything started opening back up, and people were allowed to take their masks off, I think people have just forgotten how to be sociable. Yeah, you know, and and you know, by and large, I think that if we want to start measuring things in the in the sense that it's you know we're uh, uh, you know uh, you know back to the to to normal in the truest definition of the term normal um, that you know once we start talking to each other again once we start being communal with each other we'll really start becoming ourselves again and you'll start really kind of feeling that sense of community uh you know coming in and uh, that's something that i really look forward to i mean especially when you're talking about sporting events if you if you look at if you look at the uh, if you if you look around like on on tv you see these sporting events going on like the college world series of softball college baseball world series uh, you see the stands are just packed you see people out you know, beyond the outfield fence because they're just kind of camping out on the on on the on the on the lawns out there. Uh, you see, at a lot of major league baseball stadiums now across the country, people are getting back to 100% attendance, and you really start seeing fans connecting with each other. Um, you start seeing people really kind of going out of their way to be human, like you were trying to say a minute ago, and I, I think that. For the most part, man, you know, with without without the things that we've you know come become accustomed to, like sports, and being able to enjoy them the traditional way that we've been you know accustomed to, or even going to like the theaters, what we did yeah. last week. I mean, I even mean, going to a theater. Yeah, granted, we were the only ones in the auditorium, but it was the fact that we actually got to physically go to a theater. Um, I mean, there's something very convenient, and yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of great because you can pause a movie, do whatever you need to, you know, if you're watching it on demand, theater at home kind of style, you know, and you get to control the level of the surround sound, whatever. But being able to physically go to a theater, you know, it's just something a little bit more magical about the experience. I mean, you're not going to be able to get those things like, you know, remember that 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 preview commercial that they played that Marvel put up, where you know it showed the the the, the audience reaction from opening night of Endgame. At the end there, whenever uh, Cap was uh, watching everybody come back through the portals, you know, and, and then everybody was like, you, Damn, know, just, you just gave me goosebumps. Right, I know, just talking about it right there. And he's like, you know, Avengers, you know, there's, you know, uh, Menor, you know, coming back. Now here. Whatever, potato, potato. Uh, and he's like, assemble. And then everybody freaking go nuts, right? I mean, that's the cool stuff that we miss by watching these movies at home, by going to these sporting events. I mean, yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to watch no-hitters and crap like that on TV. Well, it's the same, it was the same thing when I went to go see Young Frankenstein. I mean, that hit theaters in 1973, and I went to go see it in theaters again. Yeah. And it's just – I've seen the movie like 100,000 times. Right. But it, going it's just that it communal experience. Every, yeah, yeah. It's just it, – you get – there's jokes that are even funnier – yeah, exactly. When you're in a theater and everybody's laughing, because you. you get to enjoy it with other people. Then you have then you have our dark humor. Watching uh, when I was watching uh, Nobody, and yeah. I was the only one laughing a lot of the jokes. Right, and everybody's like looking at me. It's like, oh, you you just you don't get it. You know, I mean, it's kind of like 
You know, I would have loved to have been able to do something like, uh, you know, go see a live screening of Range 15, you know, because just just because of the level of jokes that are in that movie. Oh, yeah. You know, it... <laughs> I mean, I want to be able to experience that with other people from our from our community, you know, and, and or even just seeing civilians being exposed to our level of humor for the very first time. Now, you... you I, well, I... I won't really want to watch uh, that one uh, uh, Donnie O'Malley movie. What was it? Is it Grunt Life? I think so. Or, are you talking Grunt's about Life? the one that's? You, oh, you're talking about the the vet vet TV series. It was he made it into a movie. Did he make it into a movie? Oh, yeah, because okay. that one. Well, yeah, he did. He did do uh, it as a series at first. Then he made it in a movie. They put it on Amazon, and as soon as they put it on Amazon, they took it off. <laughs> for for re well for reasons. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was actually legitimate reasons why they pulled it off. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you watched scene. it, yeah, if, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you got the dude's dick hanging down there in the middle of the screen, you know, it's like, you know, at that point, I mean, it's probably the only time he's ever going to hear it, but it's larger than life. But you know. anything looks really big on a none below for you, man. But uh, you know, okay, so I was trying to contact my buddy Zach Medford, and yeah, I'm calling you out for not answering the phone like you said you were going to, guy. But he is a diehard Atlanta Braves fan, and. Um, you know, and I told him I was going to do this for accountability purposes, but uh, he, we, he and I are constantly trying to figure out the schedules so that way we can go actually just kind of watch a ball game together because he and I both have a, just an innate love for the game of baseball. Um, you know, we just differ in the fact that I love the Red Sox, he loves the Braves. Um, and uh, so we, we were looking at the schedules, and <laughs> he was talking about, uh, you know, he, he was talking about uh, – Oh, let me see here. No, I don't want to look at today's schedule. I want to look at... Okay, so next month, or this month actually, next week. Yeah, so we're going to be, the Red Sox are traveling to Atlanta for another two-game series. Um, earlier this year, uh, in fact, it was last month, uh, the Braves came to Fenway and they split a two-game set, right? So... Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, you know, of course, if we're going to go see a ball game, it's got to be Braves versus Red Sox, you know, so that way we can just, like, one person's going to be able to talk shit, you know. And uh, he was like, man, I need you to meet me. Oh, crap. And then I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm, is there any way that you can meet me in Atlanta in the middle of a work week <laughs> to go see a ball game? I was like, dude, if I had the money to do it and the means to do you know, to do it, I, I'd, I'd be there, you know, in a heartbeat. Um just one because it's another ballpark that I get, you know that I would get to go to, and and you know I, I like the city, of, uh, you know for the most part I like the city of Atlanta, um, you know and and I, I found myself a lot of times I was pulling for the Braves a lot during the playoffs during the '90s. I mean they were basically the team of the '90s. Yeah, but uh, that that was that was really weird. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't hear back anything. when Ted Turner owned the yeah. team, and you know they were playing at Fulton County Stadium, and then they played at Turner Field. Now they're playing at Truist Park, but. Um, we, we decided that we were going to place a bet. You know, we had a, you know, had a wager going on there. Of course, I'm not going to put money on that because, you know, sports betting in the state of Texas is kind of frowned upon, but, uh, you know, just a friendly little wager, you know? So, and I'm going on public, I'm going on record now. So the 14th, I mean the 15th and 16th, when the Red Sox travel to Atlanta to play the Braves, it's a two game series. If the Red Sox win that series, Zach has to wear a Red Sox hat 
on his Facebook profile picture for one week. If the Red Sox lose that series, i.e. Braves take games, you know, take both games, then I have to wear a Braves hat on my profile for one week. You know, of course, if they split the difference, then it's a draw and nobody has to change the profile picture. But um, actually, I think I think y'all should like have like a a side by side of the cross hats. Like you wear no. While he and I are both empirically attractive men, put our faces together, and that's an ugly fucking dude right there. I'm just kind of putting it out there. Besides that, no, my, I was talking about side by side. Oh, you mean like yeah, we get duet. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. I, I thought you were talking about like splitting it to where the hats matched up and the faces were like you know the cover of Face Off, you know, for the poster oh, for the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, that deuce dude. No, uh, uh-uh. uh I mean. People would look at him and be like, yeah, okay, see, he's got a lot going for him. Then and they'd see this majesticness right here, and they'd be all like, okay, I see. I well, see. you think their heads are going to explode with all the sexiness? It's very well possible. That I, I, I bet. I, you know, I think that there's somewhere, like, an unwritten international law. Like, the UN would have to have, like, an emergency meeting to, to, to write a binding you know, resolution to keep that much sexiness from being in one photograph. But uh, <laughs> but go into the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you don't have an ego, not at all. No, actually, I mean, I don't. But it's it's just you know that 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 whole infantry bravado, you know. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, I was looking at the. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at the uh, scores on uh, the playoffs and everything. Look at you. I know. Before you get too far down that road, I, I've got to say, man, like before, you know, when we started talking about the idea of a sports show, you admitted you were very, very uh, blatant about it. The fact that you had absolutely zero fucking clue oh, about I, sports. I, I, I have no fucking clue. But now, now that we're like seven or oh, eight. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like one of those spies. I can pick up everything really, really fast and, yeah, but I, you and know, talk I, like I actually know what I'm talking about. In you know, reality, I, I don't know shit. Right, but I, I, I start to see little sparks of genuine interest, you know, coming from you. And I'm like, you know what? That's cool because now you're going to find yourself. No, you're going you're gonna to find yourself. And I'm not going to say that you're going to become one of those guys that just comes home and turns on ESPN, turns on ESPN and just leaves Sports Center running on repeat. Like I have a friend. Does. I had a friend of mine that uh, lived in my house for a while. That did that. That's all he does. Is That's watch. all you'd hear. I used to have the ESPN app on my phone, and then I stupidly had the push notifications turned on. And it didn't matter what it was, if I was interested in it or not. I'd always hear this dun 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 dun, and I'm like. You know, and I'm just like, oh, I, I eventually just uninstalled the app because I'm just like, you know what? I can't stand uh, ESPN anymore. You know, even for... even going going in, I mean, it used to be just you know sports and everything like that, and I would like catch it and I had something to watch. But now some of the some, some of stuff. the best personalities that were on SportsCenter are not there anymore, and it's it's just kind of become borderline unwatchable. Well, that's I mean, everything really right now. Yeah. It's to the point where even uh I mean almost all of the uh news groups are going down. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Saturday Night Live, you know, where with, with Saturday Night Live, you know, I I just absolutely refuse to watch it because it's un it's unwatchable. And yeah. when Elon Musk was set to host it, you know, I watched it for his monologue and that was it. And it turned out to be one of the better monologues, you know. 
I mean, the dude shows up like a boss. He shows up. But he is a boss. Truck. So, he is. Yeah. And, and then he just announces to the world, he's like, hey, I'm doing all this, and I've got Asperger's, you know. And I'm just sitting there going, whoa, you know, because my kid's an Aspie, you know. I mean, he's, he's got Asperger's. And so I'm like, heck, yeah, man, that's, that's cool. I mean, I, I dig the heck out of that, and I respect it. And it really kind of gives, you know, my, my youngest kid really something, something, to look up something to look up to. Yeah. And it's like, look, dude. You know, when I told him that, I was like, dude, the guy that owns Tesla and SpaceX, you know, the guy with all the rockets that land themselves, he's like, yeah, I said, dude, he's got Asperger's just like you. And, dude, his eyes lit up. You know, and so, but, but yeah, um, so. But the, it there looks was, like the uh, Lakers are getting their uh, ass handed to them well, by the Suns. no. They got their asses handed to them by the Suns. Now, before we go into basketball real quick. Dude, this is the only thing I'm going to have to pull up. I know. I get it. You can keep it there on your screen, but just just a little blurb here because I, I did make a promise to not only myself but my buddy that, that I would bring this up. Uh, Albert Pujols. Okay, so remember we talked about it a few weeks ago yeah. that he got, he got signed by the Dodgers to a one-year deal after the Angels released him, right? Yeah. Guy's a surefire Hall of Famer. Okay. He's out there, 30-something years old. You know, slowing down. Everybody's, you know, already just kind of like written them off. Dude's out there still putting home runs, you know, putting home runs up. And he hit a home run the other day. And uh, against the Braves, you know, no less. But still, uh, he he's out there still putting numbers up, you know, and the dude's out there swinging a bat. Everybody tells him, you know, hey, you're getting too old, getting too fat, getting too slow. Well, you drag your ass out there to the plate. And you get these young kids that are throwing the ball 95 to 100 miles an hour, and you still try to make contact, and not only make contact, but make good contact where you're not only putting the ball into play, but you're putting it over the fence. And you sit there and tell me that this guy is getting slow in his old age. You know what? I dare you. Please. I'm your Huckleberry. Bring it the hell on. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about the game of baseball is the fact that, you know, we still have, even these guys with their advanced age, you know, athletically speaking, when did Nolan Ryan retire? I mean, he retired close to his, like, 45. Yeah. I mean, of course, then, you know, Nolan Ryan was a pitcher. I mean, he's out there, you know, still fooling guys. I mean, it, his last season, in fact, his last start was pretty forgettable. But 46. That was wrong by one year. He retired yeah. at 46, but still. But still, I mean, you got it. I mean, these guys are out there. And they're playing until their body falls apart because, one, they love the game that much. And, two, the game allows them to do it. Yeah. And and I, I think as a whole, you know, the fans are better for it because we're getting the opportunity to glimpse greatness on the field that much longer. Yeah. And, I mean, you're going to see these guys. I mean, and I'm not saying that these guys are going to be flashing the pans or that they're not – that their careers aren't going to pan out or anything. But, like, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Tati, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, or even Mike, you know, Yaskrimski, uh, you know, these guys are all second-generation players. Their dads all played in the major leagues, Uh, you know, and they're they're getting their opportunity to shine. And, well, Mike Yaskrimski, his his granddad, uh, great-granddad, Carl Yaskrimski used to play for the Red Sox, and now Mike's playing for the uh, Giants. But, you know, it – you know, they, they come from great lineage, some, you know, from some good baseball stock. And we're getting to see them play. 
And to that effect, I mean, these guys that play, you know, into their 30s, uh, you know, late 30s, early 40s, before they, you know, before they hang up the cleats, we're getting the opportunity to see these guys play. You know, and, and I, I personally, personally, uh, you know, in, in all transparency, the, the year that David Ortiz retired, his last year as a player, I cried when he, when he retired. Uh, it was his last at bat. I just kind of had this feeling that it was his last at bat. And it, it really, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm getting choked up. You know, and, and my, my now ex-wife, she, she looked at me, she goes, what, what's wrong? I was like, I think this is, this is David, or this is Poppy's last at bat, you know. And I knew right then, you know, I was just kind of like, this is going to be one of, those, one of those greats that we would pay money to see again, you know. And when the game was over, he came out, stood on the pitcher's mound, and he tipped his hat to everybody in the stands at Fenway Park. And he was just, he was paying his respects to the crowds, to the fans. And, and I think that, you know, baseball kind of offers the athletes that unique opportunity to do things like that. Yeah, you've got football where, you know, they, 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 they can stand there on the 50-yard line and they can kind of look out at the stands and, you know. But for the most part, I mean, baseball gives you that theater. Yeah. You know, where they, they, the players come out. They can do the curtain call from the dugout, or they can walk out like Derek Jeter um, at the end of, at the, after, after his very last game. Uh, you know, he he hit that walk off single, which I think was kind of scripted, but you know, hey, give it to him, whatever. I mean, the guy had a great career. I hate the Yankees, but you know, I respect the hell out of Derek Jeter as a player. But uh, and I know that sounds really weird for me to say wearing a Red Sox jersey and being such a Red Sox fan, but uh, you know, you got to respect the captain. I mean, you just have to. Um, yeah, but uh, you know he came out and he 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 took he stood in his spot at shortstop, and he just looked out like he was admiring the view from his from his office for the last time. And uh, you know he reached down and he grabbed a handful of infield dirt from where he would play, and he walked off the field. And to me, I'm like, dude, that is something. There's something so incredibly romantic about that. And. You gotta respect the hell out of it, man. You know, you really do. Uh, Mariano Rivera, whenever you know he retired, it was his last game. They they called him in uh, just to make sure that he would get into the game. And instead of Joe Girardi coming out and taking him out of the game, he sent uh, you know some of his teammates out onto the field to to pull him from the game. And you know, Mariano Rivera tipped his hat to the crowd. He he hugged his teammates and they cried right there in the middle of the field in front of everybody. And I think that that's a testament to the game. And I really do. Uh, you know, you can call me like a sappy romantic. I don't really care. I mean, when it comes to baseball, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's a metaphor for life, but, um, all that aside, you know, I think that Albert Pujols doing the things that he's doing, even though he's doing it in a Dodgers uniform, people are going to miss that. And I think they're really taking it for granted is the fact that, you know, here we are, we're looking at one of the greatest hitters to, to strap on a pair of cleats and pick up a bat. Yeah. And he's out there doing it at an, at, at an, at an, at an athletically advanced age in a league where we're talking about velocity and launch angles, and he's out there hitting like an old-school slugger. 
and we're not going to get to see that very often. And I think that once it's gone, once he's stepped off the field for the last time and he rides away into the sunset or he picks up a microphone somewhere and starts announcing games, uh, you know, or commentating for like Major League Network or something, but, uh, or, you know, MLB Network anyway, but, uh, you know, I, people are going to really, they're going to look at it and they're going to be like, you know, where'd all the greats go? I mean, I, I, great that we've got the product that we've got on the field. We, we, you know, the game, we feel the game is in good hands. But as far as these once-in-a-lifetime type hitters, you know, like the King Griffey Juniors, the Ted Williams, the, the Babe Ruths, uh, um, you know, the Lou Gehrig's. You know, Lou Gehrig, he had ALS, and dude showed up every day, even though he had a, he had a disease that was eating his muscles. Yeah. I mean, it was eating his body. And he showed up for work because why he loved the game. And, and just like his speech, when he retired, he was the luckiest man on the planet because he got to show up and he got to play baseball. You know, you get these guys that, that you know, like Drew Brees, you watch, you know, watch the last game where Drew Brees lost to Tom Brady in the playoffs. And Drew Brees walked off the field at the end of the game into the tunnel. And just before he went into the tunnel, he turned and he looked at the stands. And that was kind of like, that's the shot that people are going to remember. Um, but it didn't necessarily give him that theater to kind of come out and let the crowd say, hey, thank you for all the, you know, thanks for the memories, thanks for the championship kind of a thing. And, you know, it, I don't know, I, I guess that's just, to me, why baseball is such a superior sport to anything else that's out there. And, uh, you know, it, you can fight me on it, I don't really care. But, yes, getting to basketball, uh, <laughs> it looks like the Lakers. Are, the Lakers are out of the playoffs, and they're uh, legitimately out of the playoffs because this yeah. year's only the seventh. Yeah, no, they're they're legitimately out of the playoffs. Uh, let me pull. You mean uh, you mean the the king king didn't do well? Oh God, no! Him and his uh, disciples. Yeah, the uh, I guess China lost the, the, technically on uh, the Warriors. And the Lakers are both out of the playoffs. Yeah, it looks like uh, Jazz and the Suns. Yeah, they're going to play in the semifinals. Yeah, so um, it looks like uh, the Jazz and the Suns and the East Conference the 76ers and the Nets. Yeah, it actually, it's Denver and Phoenix. They're going to play. Um, uh, to see here, I think tonight. Yeah. And then uh, tomorrow, was... tomorrow we're going to see we're, we're going to see the Clippers who just got done beating the uh, the Mavericks in Game Seven. That was a good series. Uh, I, I think that you know uh, Luka Doncic he he your dude put up forty four points last night. You know that 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 stud player for for the for the Mavericks. He he played his ass off last night it just wasn't enough because i mean his supporting the supporting cast around him just they, they really didn't show up to play um not to say i mean the the, the score was a little i mean it, the game was closer than um uh you know the game was closer than than the scoreboard indicated but you know watch out for this kid you know watch out for for dallas i mean because if if as long as mark cuban keeps his hands off and you know he he does his best anti Jerry Jones impersonation, and he lets the you know lets the front office and the scouting uh, department and everything like that do their jobs, and they bring in the personnel to build around this kid. Yeah, for the longest time he didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and I, I mean, mean he's, respo- he's responsible for bringing in people like Dirk Nowitzki, but and you know, hey, as as I like them, I like the Mavericks. 
but I mean, I'm not like a, I mean, I'm obviously not just a big basketball fan, but I do like the Mavericks. Um, I, I like the Celtics. I, to a degree, I mean, I, I kind of sort of, I mean, those are my two teams, I guess, if I'm going to pick teams. But, um, you know, the, the Mavericks, they brought home that one championship against the Heat, uh, LeBron James's Heat, as a matter of fact. But uh, something more poignant to kind of, you know, kind of throw out there uh, about the Lakers' exit from the playoffs was the way that LeBron James just kind of threw this just bitch, just bitch move temper tantrum. Dude walked off the court. Yeah. Before the game was even over, he just walked off the court, just disappeared off into the locker room. And, you know, and it's like, okay, I get it. It's the first time in your career that you've exited in the first round. But, you know, it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for, for, for Mr. James. But all these comparisons to Michael Jordan and being called the GOAT, just you've written yourself out of the argument there. You've written yourself out of the discussion. You've stepped away from the table, and your seat was filled by somebody to be named later. later. Um, you know, so the legacy and, and, the, and the prestige of players like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, they're safe, uh, absolutely 100% safe. Because given the off-court troubles that Kobe Bryant had and, and, and the off-court troubles that even Michael Jordan had with, the, like, the gambling in Atlantic City, um, these guys had an unparalleled work ethic, and they were sportsmen, 100%. Yeah, that's what uh, – wow, Tom – You know, Tim I, Grundy? Yeah. He said he's like uh, – it, it was just the work ethic. Yeah, and I tell my kid – all the time, and I and I did this when I was a coach for Little League, is that talent will get you on the field, but it's the hard work that's going to keep you there. And I think it was either Griffey Jr. or Jeter uh, that said that, but I think it was Jr. actually. But, you know, talent's going to get you on the field. Talent's going to get you on that court, but the hard work's going to keep you there. Yeah. And the problem with LeBron James is the fact that he has adopted this kind of entitlement mentality where, you know, he thinks that he's the greatest thing in the world. He's God's gift to the game of basketball, and he's really not. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that we lost Kobe Bryant the way that we did and when we did because I would have really loved to see his take on the way that, you know, LeBron has, you know, handled himself this year. Yeah, because if you actually look at it, after he passed, he started amping up his stupidity. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you kind of, you almost kind of look at it like he lost that mentor, uh, that kind of spirit guide, so to speak, as it were. But, you know, it, I mean, you look at the way that Kobe Bryant played the game, you know, and, and now let me, again, not no way, shape, form, or fashion was I a Lakers fan or even a Kobe Bryant fan, but I respect the hell out of the guy. Oh, yeah. You know, they both, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant both got drafted out of high school. They didn't even, they didn't play a single minute of college uh, basketball. And they played their entire post-high school career in the NBA. Now, Kobe Bryant, he played the last couple of years of his career with trash knees. I mean, we're talking almost zero cartilage in his knees. He underwent like a kind of like a stem cell platelet kind of a treatment to maybe rege regenerate or rejuvenate some of the cartilage that was left in his knees. 
but he played through it. Whereas you got Kobe, or LeBron James. A good gust of wind hits him. A good gust of wind hits him. He sprains his ankle. He's got to get carried off the court. Like he had just stepped on an IED and he's being carried off to a medevac dust-off flight. You know, and it's like the dude sits there and he just cries and he whines. And I'm just like, wow. And then you hear these, you know, you hear some of the greats like Scottie Pippen chime in. You hear people like Dennis Rodman chime in. I mean, these dudes were hard-nosed, you know, hard as woodpecker lips, you know, tough guys back in the day, back in the 90s. And even though you got Dennis Rodman showing up, like, the dude married himself. He wears wedding dresses. He became best friends with, you know, North Korea's dictator kind of a deal. Yeah. You know, socially the guy's awkward as shit, but on the court you had absolutely – um Absolutely. Um, my brain just cramped out on me. What, what the hell happened? I don't, it was that beeping. Yeah, it was the beeping. Um, but, you know, it, it just the, the work ethic isn't there anymore. And I think that the league overall has become kind of really kind of centric around prima donnas. And um, Well, I think it's always been there. But it, it's it's like a lot of well, things. Without but the it's old always guard, yeah, without the old guard to keep it in check, it's it's really kind of become more vocal and it's become the vocal minority. Yeah, because they're actually putting it out there because they don't. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's 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 you know like we keep talking about with our other formats or our other shows that people have gotten they've forgotten what it means to get punched in the mouth. That and the the fact that uh, a lot of people don't know how to be sociable. And yeah, they're going on social media. Thinking yeah. that everything's great, this is how I uh, I talk, and it's supposed to be acceptable. And you have people that go out and think, "Oh, you're absolutely right. This is how you should talk. I'm going to talk." It, it. I I watched something that kind of like brought it really hitting home was the sheepdog mentality, going out. And uh, having one person that thinks, "Oh, this is how you should act. This is how you should dress. This is this is how you how everything you should do, and everything like that." And you have a bunch of sheep just going towards you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Going. Oh, this is how you 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 act. This is how how you're supposed to act. This is how you're supposed to be, and everything like. That's like uh, my neighbor's going out, and he's like, "Man, I hope there's another civil war. I'm ready for it." I was like, I looked at him, and I was like. Dude, I'm a heavy smoker. I know I'm nowhere near, near yeah. close to being ready for a civil war. Right. I'll, I'll help from the bandstand, and uh, if if need be, I'll carry the bodies and everything like that. But actual combat? No, that's a young man's game. I'm I'm the type of person I'll call in for an airstrike fast. Yeah, you know, and and um, um, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, especially with the fact that the, the anniversary of D Day was yesterday. Yeah, and I. You see those memes, or not memes? You see those pictures that, and we call them memes because. What about the thirty thirteen? No. Where you know it, it it's the scene from from some of the Higgins boats, and they're like you know, you're able to enjoy your day at the beach because these gentlemen. 
endured their day at the beach kind of a things. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, like I get the goosebumps and I get the feels from that because I respect the ever loving hell out of that generation. Oh yeah. You know, you had these 18, 19, and a lot of times 16 and 17 year olds that were lying about their age. There was a fucking 14 year old. Yeah. There was a 14 year old that, that lied about his age, joined the Marine Corps and he got away with it for well, a while. Well, not even that, even in World War One, there are people well, yeah. like, like kids that are like 11. Yeah, but now, now you've got kids just let's call it for what it is. They're soft. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about safe spaces, and we've got words in our vocabulary like triggered, you know, and... Well, hell, there was a... I mean, when, back in the day, when we were talking about triggered, I mean, it's usually because somebody triggered a booby trap, you know, or yeah. triggered a mine. Yeah. You know, but now it's like, oh, you triggered my feelings, and I feel offended, or I feel threatened. Well, there's a... There's a uh, it's either a meme or a TikTok thing was like, this was... Uh, your grandparents back in the day, and it's showing like World War Two, the D Day, and everything like that. Yeah, and it's showing nowadays where it's like, okay, uh, I hate to tell you this right now, but this uh, quarter point, uh, there's people right here that can't stand like loud noises and everything, so try not to clap or anything or laugh. And it was supposed to be a meeting of uh, I, I, I'll call it what it was. It was a meeting of snowflakes, basically. Yeah. And they were the they were trying to get people to uh, understand where they're coming from and everything, but legitimately an hour and a half because I watched the whole thing, an hour and a half was just them saying, "Oh, you can't do this, you can't do this during this this debate." Yeah, because uh, uh, if you can just that's a good clap. I, that's totally understandable. But uh, – and again, I think it's just the, the point to where people are actually watching it. Some of the people are just actually watching it for laughter and everything like that. But it's to the point where this has probably been going on for a while, and we're just now noticing it because everything's online. I mean you can look at stupid all the time. Yeah. You know. Well, it, it even even that uh, anger cop video about that TikToker that fake going into the army, the freaking uniform he had was ridiculous. Oh and yeah, his, you uh, know, it's funny to see some up. of these stolen valor guys. Yeah, stolen valor guys. Well, no, he did as a joke. He he was like, and he was like, I'm going to tell my girlfriend I'm going to the army, and the girlfriend goes up and starts crying and everything like that, and he was just making it as a joke. And I was looking at the whole thing. I was like, Are you sure he's not in the army? I mean, that's a big heifer. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it kind of looks already that he's already been in the military for a couple of years. Yeah, you know, I mean, normally if he's got bags under his eyes, he's got nicotine stains under his fingernails, and uh, he... And he's married <laughs> to a 300-pound woman? <laughs> if if he's been divorced once or twice, odds are he's been in the military. Yeah. Um but you know, oh it, yeah, and you know you can see <laughs> we've gotten so far off. Track. Uh, yeah, we're, it's kind we're, of our hallmark now. But yeah, there, there's that one meme. It's like the, what the predator sees after 15 seconds of chasing me, and it shows the hot spots on this guy's body, and he's grabbing his lower back, his knees, his hips, his shoulders. <laughs> so, I'm well, even like, even wow. even uh, uh, 
uh, spec ops, there there were a lot of them just tell you it's like, yeah, you're not really spec ops unless you have like a couple of screws in your body. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, that's your. That's it's, your it's 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 like uh, you know telling a ball player it's like if your uniform isn't dirty, you weren't in the game. Yeah, and uh, you know it's just funny, like especially you see little leaguers play. You know, you're like, get down, get dirty. You know, make your mom use that washing machine. You know, kind of a thing and. Uh, some kids just refuse to slide. And I'm just like, it, I find it funny because it's like, why? Why? It means baseball. You're supposed to get dirty. You know, when you get up, you're supposed to brush yourself off. And it's supposed to be like Pigpen from Peanuts was there. And you see this big cloud. But uh, You're supposed to see how far you can stretch your leg. Yeah, yeah see how far you can stretch out at first base. Yeah, that, yeah, or yeah. even see, home see, base. Yeah, or, well, even home, yeah. But, um, you know, with... Uh, God, I am so disappointed in my buddy. He didn't answer his damn phone. But because uh, I told him, I was like, dude, I'm going to call you during while we're recording tomorrow, and, and I'm going to put you on the show. And he goes, well, I mean, just kind of warn me because, you know, I don't know how many F-bombs I can drop. I said, as long as we wait for more than just five minutes before you yeah, we'll get you. You know, we'll you know once, once we can get past the logger, you know, the logarithm, you know, I think we're, we're okay. But uh, – uh, do you, I don't I don't know that Spotify's got that kind of a rule, do they? No. No. That and you have a well Spotify's kind of different because even the uh all empowerful Joe Rogan uh lost a couple of episodes. I think like forty three episodes out of his catalog because he was talking about trans people. Yeah, see everybody wants us to be inclusive. Everybody wants us to be tolerant. Everybody wants us to you know, I mean, we want to talk about free I, speech. I don't, I don't free speech. Yeah, while it's protected by the law, these private entities just kind of treat it as more of a mere suggestion. And it's like if it doesn't care. fit what their agenda is, I know that you and I don't care. <coughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's just like you know, we still have to address that elephant. In the well, room. there's the, well, there's certain things like that you shouldn't even come close to doing as like uh, like. What we're talking about now, sports. Yeah. I mean, men are legitimately built different than women. I don't give a shit what you think, even if your mindset is one way or the other. I've seen a trans uh, a trans woman yeah. that was a man uh, basically... Shatter records and just dominate the field because he was out there competing with women. Yeah, that like the, the power it was MMA. And, yeah, yeah, the, MMA or no? Was it MMA or boxing? Yeah, yeah that's no, it was right. MMA. Yeah, and to look at the chick that lost, I mean, jeez. Yeah, I mean, how do you? It's one of those. I mean, me and you, we were raised never to hit a woman and everything like that. But and you look at something like that, you're going, is, is that all right? I. I yeah, you know, and, and it makes as much sense as trying to get it the women. Job. It puts the women in a really bad position because yeah. I mean, like, if they forfeit, if they withdraw from the competition because they don't want to compete against a man, what's that make them look like? And you know, yeah, because it, it, it makes it much, uh, as much sense as Michael uh, getting uh, our graph on an extrasket by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it. it <sighs> so bad. <laughs> I was trying to look past that. <laughs> It caught you. It caught you. Uh, yeah, Michael J. Michael J. Fox. I love the guy to death, but you know, it's 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 uh, I was it's like, hard to keep a straight face when the guy goes to the bathroom to take a piss and he ends up jerking off, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so that's my dark humor joke for the episode. <laughs> uh, all that aside, so... You know, with 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 this this transgender issue coming up in sports today. I mean, what what was it last week? Florida just uh, signed a Florida thing. passed that law, and then Texas Democrats in the House, Texas House, walked out. They walked out, and uh, to prevent that law from passing. Now, here's the thing: Governor Abbott agreed with him or not. This is one of the things that I agree with him on. He signed into he signed a bill that basically censored or you know or, or disciplined the the legislatures or the legislators and told them if you don't show up for work or if you don't complete the job you don't get paid. Yeah. So he's not going to pay those elect those 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 senators and representatives. Uh, those the Congress people from from you know those Democratic districts or Democrat districts rather uh, for walking out on the vote. I mean, just they up and left, and it it effectively killed it. Now that's some bush league shit right there. Now I think that yeah, absolutely punish them because if they if they want to politicize. You know, if they if they want to go to extreme measures to make sure that something gets killed when they know for a fact that they, that, you know, I mean, if you're going to get out there and you know you're going to get killed, at least at least do it on your feet. Yeah, that's one thing that I've never agreed with is the fact that you don't you don't want to look at the science until it's not your political gains. Yeah, you know, and I mean, as like people talking about climate change, I'm like, okay, yeah. Theoretically, there is climate change. No matter what, there always is climate change. Yeah. I mean, they're just using newer... It's what, called the seasons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, okay. It, it, all that aside, <laughs> yes. I, okay, I, I get what you're saying. It's, yeah. It's, 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 you, temperatures are but colder, when, temperatures are hotter, and you, we've, we've got more of that, that wide swing of the pendulum from one extreme to the other. Nothing ever really kind of stays the same. That and the fact that... Uh, the earth actually changed its axis a couple of years back. Yeah, after the tsunami, the, the, the pole shifted, yeah. Yeah, so. a, a, just just a lot of things. Yes, I can look at the data and everything like that, but if you actually look at the data, it's so minute. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it it's just how people want to view things to the point of, hey, I believe in this. So we should believe in this. I mean, how many different it, – it, it's how many different names they give certain things. Like at first it was uh, – it, it was from climate change. Then uh, what was the other one? Global warming. Yeah, it was and global it, warming first. It's and the, the same name. Then it was it, climate it, change. It's, okay. it's a different name for the same thing. All right, so way off topic here. Think back. Ronald Reagan – gave an interview on I think it was Johnny Carson and he said that liberal or he said that socialism will make its way into American mainstream under the guise of a different name whether whether it's progressivism social or uh, liberalism or, or statism or democratic and, socialism you know but it's going to come in under the uh, under a different name um, and you know it, it 
he he was right and he nailed it on the head and now where i mean we're dealing with that i mean just like bush jr said you know elections have consequences so whether the election was legitimate or not hey you know we're not that's not what we're here to debate but we are going to see we're going to start seeing the fallout from this administration and their mishandling of not only the government but the economy and every other other you know every other aspect of the of the american government but uh you know, getting getting back to you know sports. Oh, big news in football. Uh, just to really kind of yank us back into subject matter here. Um, Why would you do that? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Call me crazy. Call me old-fashioned. Just don't call me in the morning. Um, I was trying to remember Bill Murray's line from oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That was a huge fail there. So yeah, there's. My, I there's still I still like the uh, meme I put on uh, Facebook with the Ghostbusters. Yes. With the, I'm gonna steal the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I'm gonna steal the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> with Nicholas Cage. You know, of course, there was my meme. You saw my meme. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. All right, so uh, and if Football. you and if you really want to know what we're talking about, hit up our Facebook page, Angry Me Production on Facebook.com, and give us a follow. And just kind of embrace our content for what Actually, it is. Actually, all you have to do is like it. Uh, on that, you have to like it. On, on yeah, like, well, YouTube, you know, like it, share. And whatever. But getting but. back to that, Julio Jones, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons for the last 10 years, gets I, traded I, to the Tennessee Titans for, yeah. a, for a second, and I think it was a fourth-round draft pick. And then they are going to take over the majority of his remaining contract. Yeah, I saw that, and... What was it? So everybody, I, th- basically, he was in all of a, you know, in, in all actuality, this this was the big Julio Jones, right? Yeah, Julio Jones. Yeah, Julio, 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 Julio. I yeah, uh, Julio Jones. I need TP for my bunghole. They're uh, saying uh, I wouldn't compare the two as far as uh, Corey Davis to Julio, and what he didn't do, and what he. He's not gonna do, but what I that that is just, this whole thing is just back and forth is yeah kind of stupidity. It it was a trade that they're trying to jump away from actually the report of the trade. Right now, and we're even starting to see, and you're always going to see this whenever a trade like this happens. Who won the trade? Who won the trade? Just like for me, like the Andrew Benatendi trade between the, the Royals and the Red Sox, uh, for the first part of the year, hands down, I think the Royals won that trade. Um, now that we've completed the trade by naming the rest of our players to be named later, uh, we'll see how these prospects pan out. We may end up winning the trade. I'm not entirely sure. We may call it a draw. I mean, best case scenario, that's going to be what it is because I respect, love Andrew Benatendi. I'm wearing his jersey right now. But um, yeah, because you don't really uh, in trades like that, and this isn't any kind of trade or anything like that, to where he might it might be a whole limit to where he goes to that other team and everything like that, and he ends up just he gets he gets in trouble with the other teammates. He can't really. Uh, coexist with the other team uh the other players and everything like that or you you get like um i hate to use this again you get another uh god i can't remember his name now buccaneers 
Tom Brady. Tom Brady. You get a Tom Brady, he goes to a different one, and you got you got a, a guy that just brings everybody together. Yeah, and wins. Now, do I think Julio Jones is going to do that for the Titans? No. Um, do I think it gives them another offensive weapon? Yeah. Um, but the key is going to be, okay, is he going to fit into the system? Is he going to stay healthy? I mean, because he's he's one of those players that got 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 one of those really large contracts, and everybody it was big news. He was the highest paid wide receiver. Blah blah blah. He's going from Atlanta to you know, which is a perennial, perennially mediocre to maybe bottom shelf elite team uh, to the Tennessee Titans, which they you know, they, they don't really have that great of a team. They have a decent team. But it's one of those teams you don't really hear a lot from. Maybe it's just because of the area that we're in, really, because we're saturated with the Cowboys. Dear God, yes. Every time. Because if if you talk uh, in this town and this area, if you want to talk football, you have to talk about the Cowboys, no matter what. You have to talk about the Cowboys. Yes, the Cowboys so always you're, we're, have we're, to come up into the conversation, even though they may not belong there. Um, you know, my girlfriend is a diehard Cowboys fan, and I'm not, to just be blunt about it. I'm not. Um, yeah, kind of. I, I, I rooted for the Cowboys back in the 90s because, you know, it's like. It was the thing to do. It was the thing to do. They were America's team back in the 90s. And, and, and then you got the Steelers. That's what, for the longest time, that's how, who I actually rooted for for a while. Because they yeah, actually then had you've a, got the Steelers, but. Um, I've been more rooting for players, really. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've got. Like, I really want to see, like, Tim Tebow, like, show I, I want to see Tim Tebow. I want to see him succeed at tight end for Jacksonville. I really do. Yeah. And when his jersey becomes available, I'm going to buy one just because I'm a Tim Tebow guy. I mean, I like him as a person. I think that, I mean, he's genuine. He doesn't sell himself short, and he doesn't sell himself. Well, um, he sells himself, but he does it more for charity. Well, I, let me let me put it to you this way: he doesn't sacrifice or compromise his integrity for putting a you know for this for the sake of putting a product on the field. Exactly. So I mean, what you see with Tim Tebow is exactly what you're getting. Um, you know, as far as like his integrity is going to be concerned, his work ethic is going to be concerned. Um, you know, so. I want to see him succeed in the league. Uh, I want to see him make that comeback. I want to see him defy those odds. And I really want to see it to where he can actually kind of like silence the haters. Um, you know, and I would, you know, because he's not playing for a New York based team, I don't have an aversion to buying one of his jerseys now. So, I mean, I'll wear it because, let's face it, teal's just really not my color. But uh, I think it brings a color out of your eyes. Oh, yes, because they're brown. I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, it, it, you know, it, when you, when you, when you, inevitably, if you ever have a conversation about football, at least in North Texas to Central Texas, you're always going to have to include the damn Cowboys. Yeah, because you can't get it any. You like can't even get away even the Texans. It. Yeah, even well, the, uh, the, the Texans. You have to go to Houston yeah. to get anything from the Texans, or you got to get it online. Yeah, because I have a couple of friends that are Texans fans. Yeah, you know, and then once JJ Watt left the team and he signed with the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, really, thank you, Houston. Kind of became like the JV team for the state of Texas. Yeah, pretty much. Which is really sad. Is we had they went they went from 
we went from having two teams to having one team and then going back and having another team. Yeah. Because we because uh, back back when we were kids, it was Houston Oilers. Yeah, and it was Cowboys. the Cowboys and the Oilers, and then we went to just yeah, the Cowboys, Cowboys because the Oilers went to Tennessee. Yeah, and then they became the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And then we ended up getting another team, the Texans. It's that whole uh, basketball. Uh, well, I don't think uh, it's that quite that exhaustive. No, I think However, it kind of was. If you, well, if you look at it, if you look at it, it was basically what they were saying. Now, I mean, if we start talking about expanding the NFL to like forty something teams, then yeah, you're going to start getting into those ridiculous brackets that are going to look remarkably like basketball. Um, if you don't know what basketball is, do an IMDb search for it and educate yourself. But we digress. Because um, it was a freaking hilarious. Movie. God, that movie was, it was painful to watch sometimes, but it was, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with the Cowboys, I mean, now they're talking about it. Of course, you're always going to have that, that, that annual argument about, well, next season is the playoffs or bust for the Cowboys. Yeah, Dak Prescott, who obviously does not deserve the contract, in my opinion, that he got, but he's coming off a really bad ankle injury. If you didn't see the ankle injury in live uh, on live TV, oh dear God, I, I still I, yeah, someone you, someone make, posted make, that, and I was like, what happened here? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, what? oh, okay. And it's like I've I've worked corrections. He his seems... ankle on the damn turf trying to set it, and I'm like, come on, man. I mean, dude, you know that dude. it had to be a byproduct of the shock that his body was in. Because yeah. he was looking down, and he, he looked square at his damn foot, and he's like, huh, I wonder if my shoe's on wrong. But what, No, what's what's really bad is, is I've worked corrections, and I've seen some horrible, horrible things people's done to their bodies and everything, or people's right. done to other people's bodies. And I've, I've, I've seen what happens with, like, you know, a uh, RPG hitting a helicopter and had right. to... And that still almost made me throw up. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, it's like but, that one scene from what we won't talk about. No. Just just, just put it underneath the rug. Are you talking about cervicos? Oh, fuck. That one right there? Yes. Johnny found a button. That's awesome. <laughs> fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> it's not a good but, button. You know, it, um, I mean, at the highlight so far to, his, to this point in Dak Prescott's career, we're talking about, you know, the first four games of the last year before he got hurt. I mean, he, was, he, he threw for 1,600, almost 1,700 yards, um, averaging about 422 and a half yards a game. Um, he was on pace to finish with over 5,000 yards for the first time in, in his career. Um, I, it, it just... You, you want to try to avoid some of those parallels between Dak Prescott and Tony Romo because, I mean, I love Tony Romo. Just in the simple fact that the guy perpetually had that aw shucks look on his face. But the guy comes in basically kind of out of nowhere. Well, it's really takes bad. Takes over a quarterback, and he re-energizes the fan base for the team, right? And and the, also the thing is, is what's really weird <clears throat> is paper – he was a stellar quarterback. On the field, once the hit playoffs hit, horrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't want to hang that completely and totally on Tony Romo. I really don't. I think the play calling, I think that the defensive, you know, the defensive changing, uh, you know, the personnel, this, the personnel management. Um, yeah, it's pretty. For the most part, and execution for the, of the people around him, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, like, you take Tony Romo and you put him into a system where it's got a good offensive line that's going to give him protection. You get some receivers that are going to get the separation after the initial point of contact on the, on the, you know, from the line of scrimmage. Then, yeah, you know, you're going to see him put up those Hall of Fame esque style numbers and you're going to see him do it on a year in and year out basis. Um, and it had Tony Romo played for another team uh, like, I don't, I don't know, let's say the Ravens or um, even the go Falcons. as far as, well, yeah, when Matt, Matt, yeah, when, when, when Matt Ryan was enjoying that protection when they made their Super Bowl run, uh, but like even, even like Seattle. Or even the Steelers. Steelers had the best uh, defense for a while. Well, we're talking about offensive lines here. We're not talking about defensive packaging. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it, you know, Seattle had a great offensive line for a while there, um, especially when they were doing their Super Bowl, you know, stuff. Um, Tony Romo would have been. I mean, he might still be playing because he's not going to be getting tossed to the ground like a rag doll. He's not going to get his ribs broke. He's not going to be, you know, fracturing vertebrae in his spine. Because he's left unprotected, because people like Tyron Smith don't know how to, you know, sh- you know, they don't know how to block. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, those comparisons that we try to avoid to make. Okay, you got you got Tony Romo here, and then you got Dak Prescott. Well, Dak Prescott's definitely a mobile guy. When he has his off games, by God, he is off. Just like Tony Romo, when he was off, and you know he was, you knew he was off. But the dude tried to make things happen, you know. And I think sometimes that that was to his detriment. But you at least saw out there the try, the effort, and yeah, I, he put he put a lot of his uh, it, uh, I mean, feet forward, legitimately so, put his body on the line for that team, and his linemen just did not come to they just didn't show up for him yeah um you know so do i think that just kind of like you know and and i want to kind of and i want to take a step back here and i i really want to make the the bold statement here that you know i really want to think that tony romo had the potential to be one of the elite quarterbacks i mean given the opportunity oh yeah tony romo could have at least won one or two rings may not have been with the dallas cowboys but it could have been at least certainly with another team with a better offensive line uh, better receiving core. I mean, well, to to that effect, the receivers that Dallas had at the time that Tony Romo was playing were good. Okay, they were great. You know, uh, take the Des Bryant no non catch in Green Bay, which the NFL came back later and said, "Yeah, we were wrong. That was a catch, but you can't really do anything about it at that point because the game's already been played in the finals, already been tabulated, you know, tabulated, and and the, and the Packers went on to the next round, but." Um, you know, I, I think the playoffs, as far as like the playoff play, you know, a win loss record, I think that's an unfair spectrum or un, you know, an unfair standard to measure. Yeah, because it's almost Tony like Rumble's uh, career against. I mean, it's like it's like you look Peyton at his Manning. Passing, yeah, you look at his passing numbers. Pat, Peyton Manning 
I love the guy. He's got that down home, homegrown, you know, uh, <coughs> golly gee, you know, uh, what's his freaking No, he's Andy freaking Griffith's hilarious. I think, I think he's freaking hilarious. He is. He's great. You know, and if you see like some that. of those those comedy roasts on Comedy Central. No, no, no. Not even have that, you seen the, those? Yeah. Right? You know, that, that girl, she, that lady, she comes in, she looks at Peyton Manning, she goes, you know, you are great. You are great. Great in commercials. You were almost like the Tom Brady of commercials. And that was just the most perfect burn, yeah. right? You know, and you loved you loved seeing those two hit against each other, you know, pit up against each other, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. And it, you knew it was going to be a good game because those guys were going to be out there slinging that ball into places that they had no business slinging into, threading the needle between, you know, double and some maybe sometimes triple covered you know, receivers and tight ends, and they were making those completions. And it was because they had the faith and the trust in their receiver core, and those players knew it. And yeah. they didn't want to let their quarterback down. No, but if you actually want to see Peyton Manning uh, on his all-time high on comedy and everything, mm-hmm. look at the SNL United Way. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'll, I'll watch that. Dude, that all one, of, that, was that was a was great hilarious. skit. That was I'm such not, a great I'm skit. I'm not saying I'd stab a motherfucker, but I would stab a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, I mean, but, you know, and, and it's like, I, 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 God, I get tired of seeing them, but I love those nationwide commercials that Brad Paisley and, and, and Peyton Manning do together. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, because you just see Peyton Manning, he just he gets into it. But you got to admire Peyton Manning for the fact that he loves the game of football like I love the game of baseball. Yeah. And he just he breathes it, and he and now that he's not playing, you know he's not standing in a booth somewhere calling games, and it's perfect because he's out there, he's advocating for the sport, and he's doing so much to advance it. And you know, honestly, I really honestly don't think that I would mind seeing some somebody like Peyton Manning be named the new commissioner. No, that would actually be pretty good because he, he's an advocate for the sport. He is. You know, it's like we need to get rid of Robert Manfred or Rob Manfred uh, out, of the, out of commissioner's position from baseball. But, I mean. Well, uh, even, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. We were talking about him and he was talking about uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, damn it. <laughs> uh Shit. Yeah, um, it was a. It was another like commentator. It was another commentator. Uh, oh shit! God, was it? And he's freaking so freaking popular. Uh. Oh, we're talking about Terry Bradshaw. There we go. Yes. Yes, it finally popped up as you said. I was like, no, you stole it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Terry. Yay, Terry Bradshaw. Brain. Yeah, Terry Brashall, I mean, he would he would probably be a really good uh, uh, commissioner too. Well, yeah. See, and here's the thing, you know, we could, we can could find these Hall of Fame guys that were great players, but some of them are just shitbags. Oh, let's just call a spade a spade. I'm not saying that Terry Bradshaw is a shitbag. I like Terry Bradshaw. I think that he's hilarious. He's got a great personality. But as far as the state of the game is concerned, I think that we need to find somebody that is a true advocate for the sport, you know, and I think that Peyton Manning would fit that bill for the NFL as far as baseball is concerned. I say, I say we make somebody like uh, Chipper Jones 
or um, it was like when uh, Joe Montana came into town. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, he's a really gen- uh, genuine guy. He is a genuine guy, true. But do I think that he would be nah. ideal for the commissioner role? No, absolutely not. Um, I'm, 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 I'm team team Manning, you know, as far as like new commissioner. So, you know, if we can get that hashtag trending, great, awesome, let's do it. Um, I think that's about it for the uh, sports. Yeah, um, right now the Red Sox and the Marlins are playing. They're playing their makeup game from last month, uh, last week of last month, where uh, the the I think it was the first game of that series got rained out and was postponed. Uh, they're playing their makeup game right now, and it, the score is currently uh, after three innings, it's it's two to nothing, Boston. But uh, you know, all accounts and uh, descriptions of the game are uh, strictly prohibited unless given an express express written commit permission by Major League Baseball and the offices of the Boston Red Sox. But uh, <laughs> you you. I, Did you have that memorized? I do. You hear it enough, and it just kind of subconsciously gets kind of ingrained into your mind. But uh, this is a one-game play, or one-game today. Uh, just the, Mar- or the Marlins come into town for just one game, and then um, the, or the Astros are going into Fenway. Um, managed to take one out of three when the Red Sox were in Houston. Uh, Obviously, I'm hoping for a more favorable outcome as far as the series is concerned. They're in town in Boston for a three-game set, and then Toronto comes in, and then uh, for a OSIT here. Let me look at the schedule again. It's um, Miami today, Houston for three games, uh, Tuesday through through Thursday. And then the Blue Jays for a four-game series, which is a wraparound series because it's a, a Friday through Monday series. And then we travel to Atlanta for two games, take a day off, and then we travel to Kansas City to play against Andrew Penitendi for the very first time since the trade. So look for that to be a big headline. Um, but that's going to be something that I'm going to definitely cover uh, for uh, when we come in on the 21st to record that episode because that series is just a three-game series from Friday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll cover that. Um, again, you know, I'm still a big, huge Andrew Penitendi fan. Um, I'll, I'll rep his Red Sox colors all day because, I mean, the dude – Dude's a ball player. I mean, he's a grinder. Um, and as long uh, as you don't have a shrine. No, I don't if have I, a shrine. If, no. if I see a shrine, I'm, I'm you know, no, we're gonna no. have a talk. No, I mean the, the closest thing that I had to a shrine was uh, whenever I was still married, and uh, our 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 son Colin, he uh, his bedroom, he had a bedroom all to himself. My dad and I, we painted the walls. Uh, three three of the walls were. Uh, um, like warning track red, right? Like the color of the clay in the warning track, right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, one wall was painted like the scoreboard on the green monster. And we even like lined it out to where, you know, you had the actual scoreboard. And we had like the, you know, we had like little lenses down there for the balls and strikes. And we, you know, and we didn't have enough space to kind of put like the out of town scoreboards, but, you know, we had the, the, like the iconic scoreboard at the bottom of the green monster. And, uh, you know, they had the wall that went all the way up. It was painted green, monster green. And, uh, you know, we had shelves on there. And that's where I kept all the memorabilia for, you know, for my, you know, for my kid to look at. Uh, like World Series patches, uh, caps, um, autograph, a couple of autograph balls, things like that. Um, that was about as close to a shrine as it was going to get. Um, 
there was nothing New York related on there with the exception of the fact that on the scoreboard it was always New York 4, Boston 6. So, you know, we were always beating the beating the Yankees on that scoreboard, which was just great. You know, anybody who's got a replica of the, of the Green Monster in either their man cave or bedroom or what have you, they're always going to have the Red Sox beating the Yankees in one fashion or another. It's going to be, you know, it's it's just kind of standard. It's it's uh, standard operating procedure. It's required. It's almost, I think, federal law. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. No, it's not federal law. But uh, well, well, we'll keep up with that. Well, I'm not talking about United States federal law. I'm talking about Red Sox Nation federal law. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. You're absolutely right. So found shake it. Your found up, it. Shake your head up and down in a north south seeking direction. Yeah, I, I found it. It's it's there. Right. Okay. So they gotta but, wear uh, sunglasses. You know, until next week, uh, definitely go ahead. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you hit us on Spotify, I mean, I'm not I don't done even yet. Know. Oh, quit okay. interrupting with the spiel. Good God, sit there and just be good. Uh, subscribe button. Give us you know, hit that notification bell so that way you get notified anytime we put a new uh, new video out. Uh, get involved with the comments. Uh, you know, if, if, if you've got a good enough take, we'll reach out to you and uh, we'll try to figure out a way to get you on the show via Skype or something like that. So that way we can get your, you know, we can interact with your take and kind of delve into the inner workings of your mind. Uh, definitely hit us up on Spotify. Uh, again, our Facebook page is Angry Me Production on Facebook.com. Give us a like there. Uh, but until then, I'm Johnny Skelton. I'm David Dickerman. Stay classy, San Diego. All right. <laughs>